Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit giving hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or just overrun by a complicated life. In this series called Could It Be This Simple? The Way Out of Your Prison, you'll learn how the mind works, what motivates our choices, and find biblically-based keys to help your decision-making processes. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from out-of-control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Now here's Rich and Susan on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Kallenberg. And my name is Susan Kallenberg. Welcome to Freedom to Choose and our new series, Could It Be This Simple, The Way Out of Your Prison? And uh, what we're doing, of course, if you've been following us, is we've been going through a a workbook that uh, we've put together. And uh, it's been kind of fun. It's been a a real... uh, fun journey for Susan and I. And uh, we wanted to thank everybody. We've been getting orders for these uh, workbooks. And of course, if you want to, how many are we sending out per week now? Oh, we're sending, we're sending out quite a few. And the thing is, is we're getting requests for, um, from all, all over the U.S. and actually from Australia as well. So. Wow. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So we wanted to thank everybody for, uh, you know, for listening in and for participating with, uh, with what we've got going, people are using them in jails and in uh, prisons and, and and home groups and home everything. Groups. And so those books are available for free. We'll be more than happy to send you one out. Just go ahead and contact us at nine one six six four five one two nine seven, and uh, uh, we'll be more than happy to get you a resource and, and for free. Yeah, and you'll probably have to leave a message. You might have to listen to listen through the um, a very long description of, <laughs> of of things that I say. But be be patient and leave a message. Leave your uh, your name and your number, and we'll get back to you. And, and or your address, and we'll we'll get something sent out to you. Yeah. Right away. Um, okay, Susan, you want to begin with prayer? Yes, our loving Father in heaven, we thank you once again for the opportunity to uh, speak about your goodness, about principles and concepts that you've put in place from the beginning of creation. And uh, we just pray that you'll send your spirit to guide and direct us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, if you're tracking along or if you want to reference this program, this is program number seven, The Law of Love, and um, that's an interesting title in the book, The Law of Love. I mean, love is actually a law. Interesting concept, you know. Well, it's just like, you know, the law of physics. Uh-huh. You know, things, it is what it, it is. It is what it is. Right. You know, when we first began to explore this issue, uh, we found we were kind of like overwhelmed with the possibilities. The thought that love is actually a universal law, a principle on which life, you know, which life is based. It, it's pretty fascinating, isn't it? And in Previous programs, we we explored how the violations of the law of liberty damage and destroy, and today we're going to kind of explore a little bit how love works, the principle works, and what happens with violations of this law. Right. Um, So a lot of people, even church members, would never think of doing something that others would consider as a flagrant sin, but they all too often will do things that they that could be regarded as as overt um, love. Some people are constantly seeking to get their needs satisfied rather than seeking to meet those of the other person. And we fall into this trap of indifference. We're, 
we're, we're worried about not sinning. And all the while that we're worried about not sinning, um, we may, we're making sure that we still get our needs met and we're ignoring the needs of others. Yeah, you know, and I, this is not what uh, Jesus taught. You know, we're the more worried about our own behavior we become, the more, by default, self-centered we become. Right, because we're focused on self, focused on behavior, focused on not doing anything wrong. And and then we're our heads are just full of ourselves instead of right. doing you know thinking of others. Totally consumed with watching this, watching that, and the more the more preoccupied we are with our own performance, the more preoccupied we are going to be with our own performance. You know, the legalist is preoccupied with his own performance. The man of faith is preoccupied with Jesus and helping other people. Right. I mean, that's how reality works, and God is trying to to get us switched around. You know, um, it's we go, we go back to that same principle: is by beholding we become changed, and yeah. so if we're always beholding ourselves and making sure that we're, um, you know, it, it just is that self focused um, principle it's, it's that a, we have. Yeah, and you know, love's not just about avoiding injurious activities; it's also choosing to purposely act in uplifting and selfless ways it's not simply you know doing about what what feels good rather love involves what is good regardless of how one feels doing what's in the best interests of others giving oneself for others love selfless and when we love we live when we stop loving we die Right, and so I'm going to uh, share a story that is in this workbook about Jenny and her husband, Phil. This is a good story. I like this story. So they're on their way to take her parents out for lunch. Her 81-year-old father has been suffering from Alzheimer's dementia for several years. As As her father's mental abilities declined, his behavior had become more bizarre and could even become irritating to others. How would her husband, Phil, deal with her father if dad didn't behave well. As soon as they picked up Jenny's parents, her father began asking Phil what kind of a car he had, what year was it built, what mileage it got. He repeated the questions more than 10 times in less than 15 minutes. But rather than get irritated, Phil answered each question as if it was for the first time with a cheerful, calm, and patient demeanor, showing real concern and compassion for Jenny's father. Phil gave of himself and did what was right because it was right, not because of how it felt. The husband revealed love in action. That's that's what it is. It, it's about the small things. It's about those little things, those little behaviors, those concern for others, getting out of oneself and just doing those and, little and things. Right, and so this the simple task of just being kind and gentle with with Jenny's father also, I'm sure, reacted upon jenny oh yeah as I mean, well it, as jenny's mother and and just made the whole the whole experience happy and joyful as opposed to um um, ten, um stressful right exactly stressful everybody worried about what everybody else is feeling once you once you step out of that box and start concerning yourself with other people it becomes it frees everybody up Right. It frees everybody up from being stressful. And the whole atmosphere changes. It, you know, it, the whole atmosphere is is a joyful atmosphere instead of the tension that, that can arise. Right. You know, the giving of oneself is the it's the principle that we're talking about. And and I I I gotta always go back to Eden on this. On a lot of things you'll find that we take a trip back to Eden 
and we re-ask some questions uh, that sometimes get misconstrued. Uh, I think some 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 things that God has put in the Bible, especially in in the Garden of Eden, get get a little twisted up. Um, why did God create Eve? Why did he create Eve? Do you ever think about that? Because he just needed a helper, someone to, to do this, that, and the other thing, to run around and meet his needs? Or did Adam need someone to serve in order that he could be complete? So not one to ser- someone to serve him. Right. But someone to serve. Him, for him to be able to serve. Exactly. That's the whole reason he, he wasn't complete, mm-hmm. see? And now he's complete with someone to serve. Right. Because it makes the whole experience. It make, love needs three. It right. needs a threefold cord: the man, the woman, and God. See, um, and so, so this is what's going on here. Um, you know, and I, I, I got to kind of touch on something here because it uh, just got to throw it out. Because now I'm now I'm back in Genesis thinking about things, and you know, God is love, and a lot of things we teach make God look not so loving. Um, you know, because you move on a little farther after man sins, and 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 the Bible says, "Cursed is the ground for your sake." In other words, cursed is the ground because of you. God is not saying, "Look at, I'm mad at you. I'm throwing a curse on the ground." Right. He's saying because you've done this, you've opened the door to the devil in this planet, and things are going to start getting weird. Right. And and so, and by the the same token, when he talks about the woman, and now in childbirth, you're going to have pain, and your desire is going to be your for your husband, and he's going to rule over you. Well, it's not because God says you put a curse on him, and now, now, woman, you're below the man. Right, and you belong under his foot. No, it's because man is going to get twisted and selfish. He's stronger, and he's going to rule over over the woman. So it's kind of like God could see into the future what was going to happen, and it was more of a prediction. It was more of a statement yeah, of fact. Yeah, a statement of fact. Him, you know, uh, it was him predicting what would happen after the consequences yeah. of sin came You've in. opened Pandora's box, right. and this is what's going to happen. Right. God is just predicting all this stuff that's going to happen. And it's all because it's against that principle of love. The principle of love, right. you know. You know, love is, uh, love is life. I mean, the law of love is the law of life, the principle on which all life in the universe is based. As God himself is love, he designed everything that he created to operate in harmony with this law of love, this circle, if you will, of beneficence in which all things freely give to others. In nature, we witness this cycle. And I think we've talked about it before. The sun warms the oceans, creates the clouds, they rain on the land to form the lakes, the rivers, and the streams. They flow back to the land, bringing life, and ultimately return back to the sea and the circle begins again, this this cycle, this circle. Right. The, the same thing we can see it in the plants and how they produce the oxygen that are necessary for us and animals to live. Yep. And then in turn, we produce carbon dioxide, and that's what the plants need to grow. Oops. So the law of love is the law of life. Even in nature, when giving ceases, so does life. So what happens if I decide I want to be selfish and hoard my carbon dioxide and tie a bag over my head. Then you can have your carbon I, dioxide. I can have it, right? But, <laughs> but what's going to happen? It's going to kill you. When you break the cycle right. of giving, of giving, of loving, right? It, it, it's just the way things are. You know, a pool of water stops flowing. What happens? Stagnates. We cease to give our breath to the planet. plants. We inevitably die because if we don't give, we don't live. That's right, because those who accept and apply the law of love are were preserved from from evil. 
But when we seek to take, we slowly die. When we stop giving, we cut ourselves off from the channels of blessing and the unavoidable result is death. So as we, you know, um, if we take, we die. When we give, we live. You know, and I've, I've learned this in recovery that how much of a taker that I am. Mm-hmm. I want to say I was, but no, <laughs> I am. Right. You know, and I think it's because I'm immature, you know, because the immature, they take. Mm-hmm. But the mature, the mature people, the people that are Paul are talking about, the people that, that, that no longer need the milk, the people that need, the, that, you know, need the full meal, those people are mature to distinguish between right and wrong, between good and evil, between love and self-centeredness. Right. These people are mature. And and that was that was demonstrated on the cross with sure. Jesus, right? So you had the people who were taking his life and, and Jesus was giving his life. Yep, a, just a total opposites, you know. It, it, you know, you can see it in nature. I mean, well, we got this donkey named Sassy. Well, we have we have miniature we get, donkeys. We have a couple. We have I don't know, fourteen, fifteen. It's got three on the way. It's couple. borders on insanity. It's a lot. But yeah, it's all good though, right? Yes. Okay. Good. So, but yeah, but so Sassy had a baby, Cali, California girl, that we call her. But she, how old is she? Like she was born in October. October. So she's like ten months old. Right. 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 And what's the story? She's still nursing. Right. So what do we have to do? We got to bust them up. It's time to. We, we should have busted them up yeah. four months ago. Right. So um, can I say we've been busy and yeah. we just haven't done it, or we don't want to hear them screaming for a couple of days, or whatever the reason is? We got to bust them up. Right. Right. But see, the mature or the mom, of course, she should be mature enough to kick them. <laughs> that, she we'll tries. talk about dependency on the next program, right. but. She tries to kick her off, but so we, we're going to have to separate them because see the immature are takers, the, the little babies they'll they'll nurse and nurse and nurse. You can even separate right. them. And, because uh, the reality is, is that she's eating food and she's just as big as her mother is, yeah. and so there's no need for her yeah. to be, um, you know, nursing still. It's it's time to to let it go. So we're going to get phone calls. Yeah, uh, you guys need to take care of that. Well, so we're on it this week. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but that's you know but that's kind of the point. The immature will take and take and take, and the mature will the mature are there to give. Uh, then of course we have our the the epitome of selfishness, and that's Elvis, our pig. And he, what he'll do is he'll go out there and after when I throw the hay out. I think maybe he needs company. I don't know, but he'll go out there when I throw the hay out, and he'll lay on top of the hay. He's got his own nest in the barn. He's got hay in there too. But he'll, and it's funny to watch when you got, you know, 10 or 12 donkeys eating around this one big 200 pound pig and he's right on top of their feed. But, uh, you know, we're looking at that and Elvis is pretty much a taker, but he's there for us to serve and it's cool. You know, we get a lot out of taking care of him. He's just so cool. You know, it's just a gift from God for something to serve or some, you know, an animal to serve and just feed him and make sure his. Well, you're rolling his, your eyes. His mud puddle <laughs> his is full mud puddle's when it's full. a hot day. Yeah, and, and just, you know, it's cool. And he, I mean, He's it, a little demanding at times. He, a, a little bit. He makes weird noises, and yeah. if you really make him upset, he'll make real weird noises. Well, and isn't that the way with that it is with selfish people? We, we're demanding. We, we want our way. Yeah. We want what we want, and we want it now. And, and we make weird noises. Yep. 
Yeah, and we do strange things for attention like Elvis does. Right, yeah. so if we go back to the to the laws that we were describing earlier... It's, because it's, there's a lot of them. Right, because it's similar to the flowers and how they give their pollen to the bees, and the bees fertilize the flowers, and, or um, you know the um, flowers on the fruit trees, and that increases their fruit. So uh, bee, uh, trees will bestow their nuts to the squirrels and then the nuts eat and spread them and bury the nuts and squirrels bury the nuts exactly (laughs) not the trees and and then we have more trees that come so the law of love is the law of giving it's the law of life yeah you know and and if we think about it the world as it came from the hand of god it was perfect and and all nature fully revealed the law of love but once sin entered the world an antagonistic principle infected nature obscured the clear revelation of god's love and once sin which is the principle of selfishness, and you know, I, the definition of sin uh, is pretty much, you know, the opposite of love is not hate, it's self, it's selfishness, and that principle marred God's love and nature, and it became pretty much necessary for God to provide his written word and to send Jesus so we could see Jesus and just show us what love looked like. That's right, and and in uh, Paul in Romans 8.22 said that all nature is infected. It, it groans under the weight of sin, and viruses, um, which we're familiar with, offer mm-hmm. a perfect example of how much sin affects us. Um, it wasn't part of God's original creations, and how do we know? Because the law of love tells us. Right. Viruses are based solely on a biological form of selfishness. You get the, I mean, you think about this, this, this universal law, this universal principle going all the way down to the cellular level. You know, a, a virus is a small piece of genetic code, DNA or RNA, and it has no ability to give anything. All it does is take. You know, and a virus enters a living host, assumes control of the machinery of the cells, and it causes them to produce more and more of the virus, self-replication, self-exaltation, if you will. And it, it does so extensively that if it's not checked, it kills the host and then it becomes, you know, eventually has no more host to exploit. And uh, that's an example, that's a good example of unimpeded, unimpeded course of sin. I mean, it's just the way selfishness operates. It takes, it takes, it takes until it kills. Right. And then we have the other, the opposite thing in our bodies, which are our white blood cells. Ah. And they are the ones that will give that we might live. The cavalry comes in, right? So what happens if your white cells go on strike? Then you have some serious issues. You have problems. You got nothing to, nothing to give so that you might live. But see that that principle goes down to the molecular level, down to the cellular level. And it's, it, it's interesting and actually beautiful to watch. You know, you get a virus, you're sure thankful you got an immune system, and you're thankful that you've got white cells that are willing to give that you might live, right? Right. But in the same way, human beings are infected with selfishness. It's an infection, and it's God's plan to remove selfishness as the central motivating principle in the human mind and restore his law, love, and liberty as the central operating principle. Unless the healing of the mind occurs, the inevitable result, of course, is death. It's a spiral down, downward. Absolutely. And, and so while selfishness um, can infect all of mankind, God did not leave us to struggle, struggle helplessly with our sickness. He has sent his written word, his son, to reveal God's plan to heal us and to restore us to our original condition. 
So by reading the text sent by our Creator, we can enhance our ability to distinguish between the infection and what God originally intended our condition to be. We can then make intelligent decisions to cooperate with Him for healing and for transformation. And I think that's what, you know, what we're all looking for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and once again, we go back down to back to the Garden of Eden. I mean, have you ever wondered why God warned Adam that if he ate of the tree, he would die? I mean, it's kind of a an interesting concept. I mean, it, I mean, it's kind of there's not a lot written about it other than if you you know if you eat of that tree, you're going to die. Well, but we can see it may be not a lot of written, but written about it. But we can look at it and we can see that it was a protection that God was giving to Adam, protecting him from what? Protecting him of the evil that was present. So in there that was an tree. enemy there. Absolutely, the, and God knew that that enemy was going to steal from Adam. You know, once sure. Adam engaged with him, he knew that uh, that law of love was going to be broken. And then, and so, so what's worse than adultery? It's a betrayal. Betrayal. That's right. See, and this is the this is the thing I don't think we see that a- Adam, who's supposed to have this super loving relationship with God decided he needed a second opinion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right and he, he which goes against and, and w- what happens when you trust the enemy over God right well now you've broken this relationship with God I mean you well, know don't we be, all don't we all have that condition sure. in us that Adam did we we don't trust God completely. we don't trust him do you have you ever been betrayed I've been betrayed you know by those that um, that uh in my life that I looked to to be the ones that were there to protect me and right. to take care of me and then um, to see you know as you know as I went through the process to, you know of being portrayed it's it's just heartbreaking sure and so you know, you can think you can only imagine how God's heart was broken when Luther, Lucifer rebelled and then it was broken when um, you know, Be, right? Adam because re- he knew that he knew what was going to happen, and he knew the heartache and the pain that was going to happen as we separate and we betray God and we separate from Him. Yeah, and then in the old course, what's the first thing you give someone when you love them? Mm-hmm. The ability to hurt you. Right. So God knew if He was going to create a universe based on the principle of love, where people could freely love, because love has to be freely given. It's a law. It's a universal law. If you want to be in harmony with this principle, with this law of love, then it's it it core. The very core of it means that people need to be free to choose to love. And God knew when He gave His creation this freedom that He was also going to give them the ability to hurt Him. That's right, and that's why He sent Jesus as the remedy for all of our natures that yep. we make we may behold that perfect love and how love acts and what love was willing to do so that we can learn from our experiences and say, no, I do choose love instead of self. Totally. It's just fascinating. To, you know, that's why the stories are so amazing. And you didn't have to be a theologian. You didn't have to be a, um, um, a, a learned doctor. To, you, to Jesus taught in the simplest forms, the most profound theory, uh, I want to say, object lessons of love. And, and when you watch his life, it's just love and, and it, action. Absolutely. And it's his action, just like the story we read in the beginning. And it was it was the kindness and the love that Phil showed his father-in-law 
Yeah, that, just a simple thing. Absolutely. I mean, when Jesus, when he raises Jairus' daughters, he said, he's not worried about doing a victory lap. He's saying, give her something to eat. She's hungry. Right. Let's continue to give. Right. And that's that's amazing to me. Um, it's those little things in the stories. And so what we need to do, I guess, you know, what what's the, what's our call to action? It's, you know, God help me to, to understand and to live that law of love because on my own, I just want to be self-focused uh, yeah. and selfish and, and make sure that I am surviving the way I need to. But instead, we need to look outside of ourselves and to look, right. how can I be a servant? Be a service to other people. Right. And gets outside of ourselves. Keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and then we can we can be transformed by beholding you become changed and right. and we can be transformed into his and it's not a, no longer i that live but christ that lives in me because now uh, you and I, the only way you can do that is by beholding god in human flesh the pharisees beheld him and they didn't like it right they were too worried about their performance mm-hmm. they were way worried about their performance yeah so now folks uh, let's see i'm going to give you the number again one more time uh, if you want to get a workbook, it's 916-645-1297. You can also drop us a line. Um, I got, it looks like I got to go. So remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There truly is hope for people whose lives might be overrun with hard decisions, possibly caught up in unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan are living testimonials that biblical principles do work, and they've put together a workbook with Dr. Timothy Jennings to move yourself or those you love towards freedom. If you would like to order this new workbook, called Could It Be This Simple? The Way Out of Your Prison. Please call 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.